This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Well, hello everyone. Um, and boy, does it say, well, it feels really good to say this. Uh, welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast every step along the way now as always you've got myself mike stockley and the legend that is mr dan buxton uh dan how have you been mate you been okay i have mate i'm in the easy chair tonight aren't i i've relinquished uh, you can have <laughs> your your uh, presenter chair back for now i can't mate. you you've been doing <laughs> as proud with the international podcasts i'm sure a lot of people listening to this have listened to so uh yeah really good work with that mate i've just been putting my feet up while you've been doing all the hard work so standard um <laughs> and also, I'd like to welcome back, I say a special guest, he's kind of become um, quite a common voice on here actually, so anyone who's listened to the podcast before will uh, know this person, so it's the creator of the YYY Files, it's Mr. Ben Rowley, welcome back to the pod, Ben. Hey up, fellas, thank you, yeah, the YYY Files, your absolutely non-weekly <laughs> Stoke City pod, comes out whenever I feel like it, but yeah... <laughs> How are you boys? Yeah, good mate. It's good good to be back. And uh I mean Dan, did you record something with Ben or have I have I jumped the gun a little bit here? Um that that is it's in it's in the pipeline, Ben, isn't it? Mm, we would have done had I not spent ninety minutes in gridlock traffic tonight. But uh <laughs> we we've made it in time for this, so that's what matters, right? Good, because I remember the uh, the quiz that you did with Ben previously and I think you got maximum um score, if I remember rightly. I was very I don't know, it's gutted because I wouldn't have got all of the points. So, yeah. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone hasn't listened to that by now, well, yeah. Um, anyway, we're obviously here to, to talk all things Stoke. It, I must admit, it's it's weird. It feels like it's been a million, I don't know, a million years ago we were discussing Stoke, but um, also very, very familiar. So before we get into all the, the nuts and bolts of that, I mean, how have you boys found the internationals anyway? You've been enjoying it not really been bothered or some people are, are indifferent to it uh it's weird that it's on <laughs> while i'm working <laughs> and while it's like got my christmas tree up and stoker like 17th or something and we're not got the pre-season optimism or anything like that um I, i've enjoyed what i've seen i've not seen an awful lot of it to be honest with you um i'm i'm not allowed to watch the game at work as i'm sure most people would be um, and then by the time I get home, I probably managed to see some of the seven 
o'clock kickoffs, but it's also Christmas, so you know plans and that you don't see many games anyway. I think it's a crap time of year to have it. Um, it's nice that it is happening, um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's to be honest, the best thing about it is having a yeah. break from Stoke. You know, as I'm sure we'll got on to, not not only for the players and Alex Neal to basically have his pre-season with Stoke, but the fans needed time to simmer down after what was a really disappointing start to the season. Um, and, and if I'm talking about me personally, I've been so disconnected from Stoke for the last couple of months. Um, not saying that I've necessarily reconnected with them now, but it's nice that the edge has been taken off in a way, and I go back in at least calm. Mate, you know, that's a fair point. I think as much as the players have needed a break, I, I generally I agree with you. I think the fans needed a break as well. Um, we've all come into this season thinking, you know, great, obviously with O'Neill at the very beginning of it, and thinking, you know, think things are going to turn around. You know, we've signed some players, we like the look, like the look and the sounds of the players, and it doesn't kind of go to plan. Then we get a new manager in, and starts okay, but then we start to get shaky again, inconsistent, and it just feels extremely disjointed, and especially when you throw in the World Cup. Um, so, mate, no, I, I've seen a lot of that on Twitter. You're not the only one. Um, and a lot of people have seen comments about the they couldn't care less, which was an interesting comment that I've seen. Um, but uh, that maybe that's where people are. Uh, Dan, uh, you're normally quite optimistic, mate, and feeling all positive, and normally the the voice of, of reason. So uh, are you looking forward to the real football coming back this Saturday? Uh, yes, and I didn't really realise... I haven't missed it, if you know what I mean. With England, I think with England playing so well as well and doing well, um, it's sort of been a nice break. And then all of a sudden, like now the game's here, and I can sort of switch back into Stoke. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I'm looking forward to the weekend now. It's sort of because it's sort of crept up on me, if you yeah. know what I mean. It was like, oh, it's here. This, this, this. Yeah, we when it, before it happened, it was like this month off. It's going to be oh, how ridiculous a month without games. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so terrible. Why are we doing it? And then it's sort of flown by. <laughs> like I say, I think if England had sort of crashed out in the group stage and you know been eliminated after two of them games, uh, I think it would have been a different story. But um, as it stands at the minute, yeah, I think it's sort of like that we're overlapping with both, aren't we? I mean, Saturday is sort of a, a mega football day, isn't it, for for the sort of championship and. Um, England fans, because you've got sort of the, you know, you've got your team coming back, uh, unless you're Sunderland or Millwall, obviously <laughs> they happened last week, and you've got England's quarter final in the evening. And obviously, a lot of teams have asked to have their games put back and changed and and everything because obviously the away fans getting back as well. I mean, I think that's that's officially gone in now, hasn't it? For for some clubs, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure the Cardi fans are that bothered about getting back for the England game, then. Why? Why is that, Dan? <laughs> unless, they, unless they've got Drake their uh, cockerels out when they get back before it kicks off. To be fair, it's the Stoke fans who've got to worry about getting off the car park. Oh, Cardi fans yeah. home. I, I did think. I did wonder why we didn't go at least an hour just just to make sure. Because what sort of feel for me is like? What about the staff at the stadium? Yeah. It's a fair point, mate. You know I mean? Parking, they, get off, get off that stadium. Sort of... It's like two hours, bloody. I don't know what you even call it. It can take a long time. You spot on, mate. The staff there who are tidying up the stadiums and all that business, they ain't going to get that. Get back for seven o'clock. Don't worry now. They go straight to Ricardo's. Yeah, actually, that is a fair point. I bet it's going to be. Mind you, I was going to say <laughs> that they'll open it just for them, but it's open all the time anyway now. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's the least he could do is uh, put the ball up in there with a couple of drinks or something. Just in terms of, have you, have you, sorry, have either of you been to Ricardo's yet? I have, and to be fair, it's the best two and a half million quid they've spent in the last five years. It, 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 if you if you've not been yet, and most people won't have had the opportunity with not having any games on or something. Definitely, definitely check it out. It's it's a really good venue. You know, I've been really critical of Stoke in the last year or so, but they've done a cracking job with that bar. Um, there's work to be done to make sure that people can, you know, there's a reason for people to go and making it easy for people to go because you know it's in the middle of bloody nowhere. Um, but at the same time, the venue itself is is great. They've done fifty percent of the work by making somewhere genuinely nice to be. Um, and I encourage anyone who is able to check it out over the festive period to definitely do so. Does it feel spacious enough inside for a couple hundred people? And what is the the parking situation? Do you know much about that yet in terms of, can, obviously, if, if it's not a Stoke game, and it's, I don't know, it's an England game or Crash the Blue Boxing's on in two months, is it easy, can you just literally pull up and park? So, for, for, for clarity, I went to the opening night where Ricardo was there, um, I haven't been to any of the England games just due to proximity. Basically, I'm 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 not close enough um, to be able to go and watch the England games there. I know a couple hundred people probably will have, um, and they'll be able to tell you whether it it's it's big enough to be a sports bar. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it was very much a reception when we were there. It was much calmer. Um, a lot of people were standing with their drinks and. You know, if you if you're watching football for a while, you might want to sit down. I would say that, yeah, it, it is big enough. I think match day is is going to be pretty busy, um, but but that's fine if you're not there for all that long. Um, and and parking wise, I believe they've opened the north car park for that. I don't know what they're going to do on a match day. I'm assuming you're just going to have to do what you did for Delilahs and just go on foot and pray. Um, but but generally you know you're just able to you know as if you're going to the club shop you're just able to drive straight through um park up around by the north car park i think which is well it's the it's the biggest car park for a bar i've ever seen um so i think you should be fine because i'm planning on going there to watch england win the world cup i don't know about you dan well i'd quite happily join you for that (laughs) (laughs) and what year is that boys 2056. Uh, yes. Did you not get the memo then? It's coming out. Is it? Is it actually? Well, I hope so because that's what my sweepstake with my mates is. Um, ben, you obviously haven't listened to the to the. Well, you can't listen to it because it doesn't come out till tomorrow. But <laughs> <laughs> so they recorded it last night. You see, so in my head, it's already been out. Um, but yeah, you have a listen to that tomorrow. It, it's all. Tactically, it's all there. How oh, it's coming home, or at least how we're getting past France. <laughs> I see. I remain skeptical, but we, we, I, I shall be pleasantly surprised if we outlast our expected lifespan. So basically, we'll see. Kyle Walker can run very fast. That's that's the hope. <laughs> he used to be able to run very fast. Let's see if he can continue yeah. to run very fast. <laughs> he, he, he looked like he struggled against his male star the other day. So well, well I agree with you. I think with, without going and make, making this an England podcast, I'll make one final comment on this. Um, I, I agree that John he, he's he's going to be the key. Uh, I think uh, it, whoever it is, whether it's defenders, midfielders, combination of all of the above, if you know if we can just keep 
one or two of the key men quiet, mate. Um, the obvious people come to mind, you know, Griezmann and co. Um, just get in there, first 10 minutes, and kick the living daylights out of them. Uh, make it as uncomfortable as possible, and we'll get through. Uh, again, if you let you let them run the show, we won't. So, um, anyway, let's move on to what we what we come to talk about, which is obviously uh, a lot of things been happening. There's obviously been no game to review, but uh, plenty's been going on. So we'll start off with the um, obviously the FA Cup draw. Hartlepool um, has uh, really said uh, Jeff Stalin will be very very uh, happy with that one. I think. Uh, so it's been moved to 2 p.m. because of <laughs> international coverage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, who the hell requested that one? <laughs> I can tell you one person, and he works for Stoke City. I bet you know him as well, Mike. <laughs> oh, what? You, you're gonna give it? You're gonna give everyone the name, or we're just gonna keep up between us? <laughs> oh, we know the answer, Harley Paul fan, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we won't mention names then. But I mean, are you happy with? I mean, let's face it, we're not going to go. I don't know. I, I say that. You say we're not going to go. Um, ben, Dan, are either you planning to go to Hartlepool? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the analysis I have. I'm not going to Hartlepool. <laughs> um, I, I do believe I'm washing my hair that day. What, what you've got left. <laughs> <laughs> no, you used to see me in a minute. It's, 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 I can't, can barely see. I'm like around dogs where the hair comes out of the face. <laughs> Got a bit of poodle and stuff going on, have you, mate? Yeah, yeah I need to go, I need to go trim. <laughs> Are you happy with the draw? I mean, you think again? We we say, oh, we should win. I, I can't remember what game it was last season. We lost on penalties, um, but we always do this. Oh, we should win, and then we go out to a lower league opposition. Uh, for me. Uh, any cup draw we have, I'm happy as long as it's not a team in our division because I just think they're boring, mundane draws. If it's somebody in the league above or the league below, I'm happy with that. So, yeah, it's good enough for me. Somebody we don't play this season, so all good. Ben, happy with that one, mate, or not bothered? Um, I'm, I'm similar to Dan in that I'm just, I'm on a basic level of happiness if it's at home, which it's not. So, it, it's a it's a. I get for some people if you've not been to Hartlepool and you and you're in your ground hopper and that yeah it's great for you but uh, you know for me the early rounds of the FA Cup is a good opportunity to take my mates um, you know on a cheap ticket and get them introduced to Stoke you know for for most games it's hard to get tickets together you know particularly for away games or something like that um, so it's it's just a missed opportunity. For for me personally, you know, not a, not I, I'm not I'm not speaking for anybody else, um, but yeah, I like a home FA Cup draw. So same here, mate. I think if it's a Carling Cup or something where it's clearly not taken as seriously, then nobody turns up. You know, we we've seen the the attendances from from the recent years gone by, but you're right. I think FA Cup for me still has still has the draw to it. Um, it'd be a great chance for me to take my little boy uh, again, which obviously I'm not going to be taking into Hartlepool and. I need my head testing if, if I'm thinking about doing that, but um, yeah, we'll we'll stick to the to the league defeats instead. I think um, one person we mentioned internationals earlier. One person we will be absolutely foolish not to mention um, is the return of our defensive messiah, uh, Harry Souter. Now, obviously, the guy smashed the World Cup, which I wish he wouldn't have done. If I'm quite honest with you, um, he's raised his profile yet again. If he didn't need raising any further. Um, and he's even got his own bloody international manager telling him he's got to leave Stoke if he wants to progress his career. So, um, Ben, 
is there any way of keeping this guy past the summer? Because everything to me is indicating that that ain't going to be possible. Um, I, I mean, sure, that Stoke would be delighted to keep him, um, but um, I'm I'm sure that the cash vultures will be um, on their way, if not in January, then in the summer. To be honest, like he he's just bloody good footballer, yeah. isn't he? You know, he's he's proved it against some of the best in the world. Granted, you know, we can they conceded a few. I'm I'm saying we like Australia's <laughs> our team because Suter plays for us. Um, but I'll get I'll get onto that. You know, like he 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 performed well against some really good players. And Mbappe, I thought, you know, ironically beat him to a header. But I thought one on one he was actually to deal with him really well. Um, and again, you know, that Australia team restricted, you know, Argentina to a two one victory. Um, played well on the whole you know the recognition he's got I think will only add to the fact that bigger teams will be looking at him um, no there's no way we keep him we'll get a good amount for him we might be able to buy the stadium back if we're lucky um, but 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 for me and I said this on social media in one of the few tweets I've posted these days um, Harry Suter has made me proud of Stoke in a way that I've not felt for a long time you know to be able to say that we've developed this Stoke for a long time you know it's been at Stoke for got to be six or seven years right um and and you know we've we've taken care of his development like many others you know like Nathan Collins but I feel like Suits is that one step further where you know he has proven himself to be uh, a, a, a top top footballer and you know combined with him being athletically and physically you know unique I think and I don't mean that in a thing that he should be ashamed of you know a really imposing centre back with speed and agility and and a great pass and a great tackle and good awareness and good leadership you know of the age he is as well um, there ain't no centre back in the world like him in that sense um, is he is he the best in the world at the moment no but I think he has the raw attributes to be able to be <laughs> which sounds mad when he currently plays for Stoke City and he's playing <laughs> Cardiff on Saturday um, so I, I I think that Stoke should be able to command a fair fee for him, um, which should smash that of Mark Ranautovic, I think. Well, Dan, I mean, are you quite surprised about how quick Harry's come back? I mean, I think, what, he played one game, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for, for us, and then obviously, you know, he's gone on to the World Cup and just carried on as he left off, really. Are you quite surprised that he's been able to do that? I think the thing with Suter is, um, if you was going to make a, a comparison with, say, Campbell, who had sort of a similar similar injury, but he, Campbell's game was more like pace and bursts once it in, and more like um, sort of like not to sixty that kind of game once it in. Whereas Suter, he's not going to, he's not expecting that from himself, so. I think that's why he maybe appears to have just drifted straight back into his old form straight away. However, even having said that, the fact that he's been able to sort of even improve on his Stoke form before his injury so rapidly when coming back is sort of a testament to him and his uh, the ceiling that he's got. I mean, Ben just alluded to it. This sort of he, he can sort of go as far as he wants. To me, I I, I think. However hard he keeps working and keeps improving and developing, he he can go as literally as high as he wants. There, 
I don't think I'm being exaggerative when I say I can't see a weakness in his game. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No fair point. Um, I mean, people say people say, "Oh, he's not the quickest." He actually, actually think yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> I think he is quite quick. He's not the big, tall, lanky Peter Crouch. I mean, I love Crouch, but he was always felt a bit awkward. Um, Suter for me doesn't have that. He moves himself really well, as, as you've just pointed out. Um, and I think you know you mentioned Ben about obviously Collins and probably the the best we've had since then. And I think most of us would agree that he's better than him. Um, and he's probably, in my opinion, going to go further than, than Nathan Collins ever will, despite the fact he is a good defender. So what did we get for Nathan Collins again? Was it 12 million plus add-ons? Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the question is here, in your guys' opinions, what is a realistic fee? Now, not what not what do you want for him? Because we'd all go, oh, we want 35, 40 million pounds because he's a future international star and blah, blah, blah. Realistically, in the summer... Now, FFP isn't over our heads so much next year, so what is a realistic fee that you think we're going to get for him? And Dan, I'll, I'll start with you, mate. What, what fee are we going to get for him? I think you... They shouldn't be entertaining offers of less than £25 million, but I think I think the ceiling is for the, currently is probably around 30 mark. Purely on the only thing I think stops him going higher is the fact that he has no Premier League experience. You... And I have seen people saying that we shouldn't be looking for anything less than fifty and that. And if he played a season or two in the Premier League, I think he probably would be looking at the same figures as, say, Arsenal played for Ben White, for example. But the fact he isn't, that that's what they'll come back with. Premier League clubs will turn around and say, well. We're taking a risk. Essentially, we do not know. We we haven't seen him play in the in the top division, so we don't know how he's going to adapt. So, you know, we're not going to be paying over thirty million for him, regardless of how good he looks. In the end of the day, he has solely been a Championship defender so far. So, any deal then is very likely Ben to have future add-ons included, which might it might be the case that maybe we'll get twenty million for him, and then there'll be another ten to fifteen million in add-ons that may or may not ever be realised so um, do you think a, a deal of that nature would interest Oak fans? Um, I guess it's sort of the idea of delayed gratification isn't it? Like we are hoping that he will have an amazing career and move on to Real Madrid for 100 million euros or something and that we get that money because um, if you think about Nathan Collins um if he hadn't got immediately relegated with Burnley, we'd have probably got double that add-on fee that we got for him. Um, had he been, you know, had he had that second season in the Premier League and not been immediately relegated, you know, I reckon he'd have gone for even more than the what was it? He went to Wolves for twenty odd million. Um, you know, he could have gone more more than that if had a if he'd have had a couple of seasons, and we know that. Um, but I'm just looking through the 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 top fees in the Championship now for a player sold from the Championship to basically the Premier League um, and if you ignore basically every player that's been immediately relegated just like a Nathan Collins was, you're looking at someone like uh, Ollie Watkins who was at Brentford, he moved for about £30 million to Aston Villa you're looking at a Ryan Sassignon who moved to Spurs for 25 ish million um, 
Jude Bellingham, you know, a, a really weird transfer considering how good he was, considering he only played like a dozen games or something. He was 20-odd million. So what I'm trying to say is, like, it, <laughs> we we can't be expecting 50 million. <laughs> like, that that is ridiculous. But I think we can genuinely expect, particularly in January, you know, we can expect to be on the upper end of that scale because those names that I've just read out there, you know, none of them are played in a World Cup against the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, none of them are physically, you know, unique at such an age where they will develop to become excellent. Um, and, and you know, by all accounts as well... Jude uh, Bellingham aside. Yeah, yeah, Jude Bellingham aside, certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a really stupid fee for a 16-year-old, I think he was at the time when he moved, you know, when you think about it, you know, a very, like, that will never happen again. Um, I reckon we could expect 20 million, 25 million. If he goes January, you'd think more than that. You know, January transfers always have a tax on them. I, I reckon you're looking at about 30 million. Um just because there's that chance, <laughs> you know, we're only six points from playoffs. I think at the moment, <laughs> you know, it sounds stupid, doesn't it? But you know, the same with Blackburn and Brem, with Bennett Bros and Diaz last season. You know, they were in playoffs in in January, and you know, their mentality was if they sold him for twenty million, they're missing out on a potential hundred million by going up next season. Um, and and if you go back to last season, um, Suter was an essential part of that early Stoke team last season that did sit in the playoffs up until his injury and then we crashed and burned mm. um, as I said I've been very pessimistic over Stoke for the last few months but there's no reason why that form can't turn on its head should Harry Suter be in our team for the next and five or so months I guess the numbers that we've been talking about obviously there's one key factor in all these numbers it's who would actually want to sign Harry Suter, and it's not the fact that, you know, I'm sure many clubs in the Premier League would want to, but you know, if it's a, that's going a different way. Who, who would basically want to sign him in terms of the the needs? So, are we looking at a, a Spurs, a, a Newcastle United? Are, are we looking that high? Um, is it going to be hopefully not a Palace or you know? that level of team Fulham etc um, do you see any of the big teams like Castle or, or Spurs or anyone Christ Man United do you see that level of club coming in for him at this stage I think actually now I, I hadn't given it a moment's thought because I just assumed that he'd be on the radar of every single Premier League club to be <laughs> honest um, but Newcastle actually when you think about it is probably the the perfect move for them like Suter's the perfect target you know Newcastle have been plagued with and and rightly so for the amount of money they have um that you know they've been ripped off for every player they're signing right you know people like Leon was it or whoever they've been signing their players from and uh have been saying oh you're Newcastle United you're rich as hell we'll double the transfer fee (laughs) um Stoke being a championship club with FFP regulations won't be able to impose that same psychology mentality you know we we will have to buckle if they offer a good amount of money because some other club will certainly offer that amount of money um so and he's a player which probably is 
better than what they have. Certainly, you know, if not in the starting eleven in terms of their squad, you know, they've got aging centre backs and you know, he's got potential to, as we mentioned, be one of the best. I I I think, you know, physically unique, could do with learning off, you know, some experienced heads and, you know, being in a good setup which they will inevitably have. Um it pains me to say it because I don't like how Newcastle, the way they're owned at the moment, but he's a perfect move for them, really, in their situation, and I, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see him move there, to be honest. Yeah, no, mate, I, I, I get it, and I think I'm with you. Uh, I think going to, and again, I know I mentioned them, and we'll, we'll move on quickly after this comment, but uh, again, going to a palace of sorts for me would be it's it's not a sidestep move because Christ we're a mid well we're barely a mid-table championship club right now but it's not a team that's gonna for me advance his career at any great extent they're not gonna be playing you know big you know they're not playing Champions League football or Europa League football or whatever so it, it'd be a bit of a stupid move I think and I'm not sure it'd be a move that would attract him so I think it would need to be a big club I mean at the end of the day he's got a he's got a long-term contract with Stoke um that obviously means nothing. If if he gets an offer from Newcastle or a big team, he might just decide, look, I want to go. And then you've got the problem of, is have we got the power to stop him? Um, probably not. And neither, as a club, would we stop him. We know what the Coates family are like. They, they don't stand in people's way. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. I don't think he'll go in January, unless, as you say, someone pays big bucks. Um, but we'll move on anyway, because uh, I just want to kind of run off with a quick poll and then there's a few comments we've had as well and then we'll move on so uh yeah so obviously i ran a poll on uh, twitter there was quite a few hundred people uh voted in that one so again what realistically can we get for suitor uh 10 to 15 million 11 percent of you thought that was a realistic number 15 to 25 million 38 percent of you thought and then 25 million plus 51 percent of you uh think we'll get the minimum of 25 mil um Johnny Quest says he reckons he'll be the best in the world soon enough. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Ben, I think you alluded to that. Um, SCFC Tom reckons we would love 35 million, but knowing Stoke will get 10. Um, I don't quite think we'd ever do that, but I, I see your point. Uh, yeah, we've got a bad history with, uh, with selling people cheaply. Uh, Stoke James reckons that nobody will pay 35 million for a championship defender. Uh, yeah, mate, I agree. Uh, and then uh, Thomas Ryan thinks that he's, uh, he's two of Nathan Collins. Uh, which I think is going to put him into that 25 million bracket. So it, th- there was more comments, but that was generally um, the theme. So, um, Dan, any final comments before I move on? Mate, I'm conscious you haven't touched the other a word in a couple of seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, obviously, I'd, I'd love for him to stay. Um, I think it's inevitable, unless we get our act together, that he is going to be leaving within the next six months, but hopefully we can drag it out to the summer and just you know, give us a chance at as far away as it seems right now getting towards those playoffs because this league is nuts um, and it is three or four results can take you from the bottom end to looking at the top end yep as Forrest pointed out very nicely last year so yeah fair point um, so fan question we've had through uh, and this is for, for either of you really um, so uh, Matthew Lum has asked which players will we miss if they go in January and he's followed up with that is it possible for Suter and funny we should mention him uh, to fix our leaky defence 
So, um, Dan, what do you think to that one? Um, obviously, he definitely improves the defence. I mean, we saw in that game, was it um, Wigan, wants it? He came in and after being out for 12 months and the defence looked just that much more calmer more than anything um, within there. So, yeah, he can definitely have a massive influence on the defence. Um, what was the first part and again? And which players will we miss if they go in January? Will we miss any of them? Uh, <laughs> Other than the obvious, yeah. Um, yeah, I think... <sighs> Oh, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? No, a time, and time is probably the other one that you really don't want to miss. Um, I think we, when he wasn't in the side, those couple, you know, two, uh, two, two and a half months, I think it really highlighted, didn't it, the issues that, you know, trying to replicate his delivery and his creativity down the left. Yep, fair enough. Uh, ben, thoughts? Um... Perhaps going a little bit more left field, I reckon we'd probably miss someone like DiMaggio or Taylor if they went out on loan, um, which mm. I could definitely see happening. Um, you know, Neil certainly trusts experience more. Um, you know, we've seen nothing of Taylor or DiMaggio really, um, despite struggling defence and attack. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them loaned out, but. You can just imagine it with injuries or loss of form or something like that, and we go, oh, we wish we had a striker or an extra centre-back. Um, yeah, I, I, they, they, they both have a future at this club, absolutely, but I think for the betterment of their careers here, they, they need a loan. Um, I just think we'll miss them <laughs> at some point during the season. Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm with you, and Dan, I agree with you as well, mate, Timon. Um Again, another player who potentially has got a very big future. Um, hopefully stays off the radar a bit longer than uh, than Suter has, though. Um, cool. So one thing that was trialled, uh, we actually discussed this pre-recording, but um, cameras in changing rooms and obviously mid-game interviews. Now, uh, you rightly informed me that I think it was the Wickham match that this has been trialled at the other day. Um, I haven't watched it, but I'm definitely going to find it because I, I was very interested in it. Now, personally... I can't say I'm really keen on mid-game interviews, um, if it's what I'm assuming a mid-game interview is going to be. I mean, a half-time interview, uh, maybe that's what, more what they're referring to, but um, I mean, I quite like the, the fact of the, the actual cameras in the changing rooms. I think everyone would love that. Now, it would be very nice if Stoke beam that back into the stadium uh, TV screens, but I think we all know uh, well, I'm not sure if we're capable of doing that, to be honest with you, but I think that would be nice to see, and um, obviously it will be on mute, but I'd love to see how uh, Alex Neal, similar to Michael O'Neill actually, about how they actually react um, off, you know, I say off camera, but, you know, when they're not doing an interview. So, I mean, what's your boys' thoughts to this? Do you think this is a an intrusive thing to bring in that's not really going to help it? Or do you think it's a bit of an interesting addition to, uh, say, the, the experience, if you like? I think I said to you guys off air that this seems to me the sort of thing the sort of coverage that a football team should be offering on iFollow or something rather than Sky Sports doing it you know the people that are going to want to see this are the fans of their club right mm -hmm. no no Stoke fan is interested in seeing the Wickham dressing room they're just not <laughs> unless something mad happens on you know and it's shared on social media anyway no one's going to care um so I think it, 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 it would be best served to be club specific if yeah. that sort of thing would happen 
and they'd obviously be able to give the sort of access they want to give which sort of leads on to the next point of like if you're being filmed and you know about it even if it is on mute you're not behaving in the same way that you would do otherwise i know we've all seen like the warnock videos of him shouting and swearing and <laughs> people are doing the same but you know you're being filmed you know that it, you you act differently don't you you know you, you you act a little bit differently when you're doing a podcast and stuff like that you know you you're not 100 percent perhaps your your true self because you know you you're out there for people to to judge you um so i wouldn't want that yeah i i i don't think um and and uh, there's the access side and then you've got the other side where you've got like sort of uh, personalized build up and things like that from hearing from different players and and things like that. Again, I think that's certainly more suited to a niche audience. Um, I can imagine that's where it's heading. I I must admit I didn't see the Wickham Portsmouth game. Uh, people may well have enjoyed it, um, but for me, I guess it's not my cup of tea. If like if so were ever to do a, a, a like a documentary or something, I wouldn't want a Sunderland till I die one. I'd want more of a uh, like a When Eagles Dare one. I don't know if anyone's seen that, where like they did a documentary on their season from like ten years ago, uh, like much more of a retrospective, and that and that was like way way better. It puts the club in a way better light for me. I mean, what one uh, kind of season I wouldn't mind seeing a documentary for me is obviously the relegation season. Go back to speak to Shakiri, speak to. Vemma, <laughs> um, you know, whoever they want. I mean, speak to the you know the previous you know seventeen managers that we had that season, and uh, you know I think that would be one hell of a um, a documentary to make. Shame you can't do it in the moment because Christ, I'd love to see the dressing room and reaction at that point. Now there's a documentary every Stoke fan wants to watch, um, and probably football fans in general just to laugh at our demise. To be honest, um, so- do we just say I will say one thing on this. Those documentaries, I think Sunderland Until I Die and that Eagles when Eagles Dare, they were just done by supporters, I believe, Ben. Um I'm not sure, in all honesty. Um they certainly did it from I mean Sunderland Until I Die was, was one hell of a supporter's view. Um there's no way that any random supporter got the access that they had. Um I I imagine that it was a serious production company behind it. I, I believe that basically Disney paid for the Wrexham one, you know. You know, there's no way that they were taking over Wrexham had there not been this, you know, all access documentary. They're not doing it from the complete good of their heart. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I <laughs> for me, I wouldn't want someone coming in and necessarily doing a documentary of us doing badly. Um, particularly for the reasons you said, you know, I, I wouldn't want any neutrals taking the mick out of us and. Yeah, we hear ex-players talking about it now, and I don't know if I want to hear much more about why we were crap in relegation. Oh, yeah. We know why we were, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we know that Saida was a bit of a prick, and we know that like people like Peter Crouch didn't step up and do their thing. Um, I'd I'd much rather see a documentary on promotion or Europa League or you know something we did well something we can be proud of and you know other people can look at us and go oh actually Stoke aren't crap you know they're a decent team or we're a decent team anyway yeah um, or even so, even just tightly to Stoke alone <laughs> yeah imagine yes um, anyway uh, aside from that so I think we'd all probably agree that if it's done in the right way 
it should be at least interesting. As long as Stoke don't try and beam it back, like I said, to the screens in the stadium, because you won't be able to listen to any of it because you won't be able to hear a damn thing. Um, so as long, <laughs> as long as they don't try to go down that route. But yeah, I'm with you, mate. If, if it was a an additional paid subscription to see proper behind-the-scenes stuff, I'd actually consider it. So let's see how that pans out. Uh, and then two final things I want to do before we start looking at a bit further ahead and to the youth and, and women's team and stuff. So um, two things that happened quite quickly together. So uh, the Dubai trip. Now, boys, that that was one that attracted a bit of controversy. Um, a lot of people saying, you know, Stoke shouldn't have gone to Dubai uh, for a holiday. I'll put in inverted brackets. Um, and, you know, the Stoke camp obviously say that we're working hard. We're, you know, that that's what we went, that went there for. Fans will just turn around and go, Luke, you could have gone somewhere less glamorous. I don't believe Wales running up a hill or whatever examples that people have given. I mean, Ben, do you think fans have got a point about why the heck did we go to Dubai of all places? Um, or is it just a matter of splitting hairs, really? And people, you know, they haven't gone for a holiday, they've gone to work. Um, I think people have got to be careful of their perspective of you know, the purpose of the trip. You know, the purpose of the trip is not to reward the players for their crap starts of the season. Uh, you know, <laughs> John Coates isn't going well done for being 17th. I've had to sack a manager and pay off him. Um, here you go, here's your trip to Dubai as a reward for not storming out or something. Um, and and equally, I, I wouldn't want to see the players punished for their bad starts of the season. Um, I, I, You know, the purpose of the trip is to gear them up for the second half of the season. Now, someone like Tony Pulis would have had them running up hills in Austria, right? Because he, he believes that, you know, fitness is absolutely everything. Um, but, you know, for, for whatever reason, Alex Neal did not believe that to be the case. You know, he wanted the players to bond. He wanted them to be friendly. He wanted them to, to, to form links for, you know, like, like I've been complaining all season. This is, this is a group of individuals, not a mm-hmm. team. Um, and and how many player the turnover players we've had in the last few years? No wonder, particularly with COVID, where they couldn't socialise, you know, personally much. Um, you know, it'd be nice for them to get away and spend some time with each other. They'll be they'll be playing football as well in in a climate which which will be just as hard as it is in Qatar. You know, it'll be a good workout for them as well. I'm sure, um, but I I. I I don't want Stoke fans thinking of it as a reward or even a motivation. It's just like, if if that's the right thing to do for their mentality, to to get them ready for the second half of the season, if they if they believe that's what's right, go ahead and do it. You know, I I don't want to see them punished and then then come back miserable and isolated because they had to run in Austria in, in the in the snow or the rain or whatever they would have had to have dealt with. You know, I'm. I, I'm fine with it, you know. <laughs> if that if that's what they believe is best, let them do it. Um, Dan, I mean, firstly, it wouldn't have been cheap that trip, but uh, are you along the same lines of as Ben? Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, you get they go to Dubai, they know that a the weather's going to be great every day, which they cannot guarantee this time of year here, which means they can get out on the grass and. You know, and do some some training. You've got with the temperature and the humidity and that you've got your physical, cardiological benefits as well. I don't. If there are reasons why they've gone there, and also, we've been saying for how long that we don't seem to, they don't gel, they don't play together as a, as a unit. 
well, why? What better thing than to take them away somewhere like that, away from everybody, everything, all the distractions, and just say, lads, you, you know, you, you stick together. You, you, you learn about each other as well as people, as well as you know, as well as teammates, and and spend you know, spend a week, ten days, however long they went for together, and, and it'll only benefit the team in the long run, surely. And the manager, you know, they've not gone you know, to the Magaluf Strip, have they? They're not going to get plastered. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, you know, they're just going to spend some good quality time together. And and I don't know if anyone else remembers when Mark Hughes took um, Stoke to Dubai a few years ago. Um, I don't think we had a sparkling start to the season, um, but we came back and we went on a hell of a run. And at some point, we were touching Europa League places. You know, because we had like a, f- a few wins and draws on the bounce, we went unbeaten for a while. So, if that's the impact it has, then then why why would you not? So basically, saying Ben is we should just get on with it and order the party bus, yeah. I I think so. I'm not saying that we should go with them to Dubai. I'm I'm saying <laughs> that we should go to Magaluf because we need to be like somebody's got to keep the strip going. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, we'll uh, we'll order the open top bus uh, for Stoke, and then we'll go to. To, to Dubai, I think it's a trip. Are we doing it after the last league game, or do, are we going to maybe have to go through the playoffs? Uh, well, I think we'll go for automatic promotion, mate. No, nothing can stop us now. No, 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 Ben says we can go to Dubai. Um, anyway, very, very much around that time. So uh, we did have a football match, believe it or not. Uh, so we obviously played uh, Forest. Now, I'll be honest, guys, the impossible happened. We went 1 0 down and we pulled it back and we won. So see, yeah. this is what's happened. We've gone to Dubai, <laughs> and now they are a team. They don't fall apart when they concede. <laughs> I was going. I was going to say, have, have we turned a corner, or um, are we going to go one nil down to Cardiff and lose one nil to Cardiff at the weekend? <laughs> hopefully, uh, we've hopefully we've turned the corner. I bloody hope so. I mean, it's good to see Tyrese getting involved. I think he helped create one. I know one was a, an own goal. I think actually, but he, still, I think he still helped to create one, and then. Um, Obviously, the the second one was a goal from him. So good to see him back on on there. He's not really had a great season, has he so far? And I think he'd be well. He has he has been one of the first to admit that. I think he did something in the Sentinel. So um, a player that we need to start scoring because let's be honest, our strike force don't know where the net is. Um, Delap's been a bit disappointing. Gales had about sixty five goals disallowed. So as long as one of the strikers is scoring, then I think everyone's happy, aren't they? Uh, did you there's did you both see the uh, the second tier podcast put something out not long after the break started, and it was chance conversion from strikers yeah. in the championship. And I think the worst was well, it was like minimum twenty shots. The the worst was Dwight Gale because obviously he has yet to score. Uh, the second worst was Liam Delap, and I think Jacob Brown was like fifth or sixth on the list, which was harsh because Jacob's barely bloody. He hasn't played twenty games. No, he's the 20 shots. Oh, 20 though. shots, sorry, 20 shots. So it's his conversion of those 20 shots. So obviously the only striker of ours that wasn't on that list was Tyrese Campbell. <laughs> hmm. Ah, uh, that's because he's so lazy, <laughs> you know. He doesn't he, trap back. He never gets back. <laughs> he's always up front to have good shots, that's why. Yeah, if you, if you trap back a bit, I mean, yeah, if we, once he'd run the 70 yard back upfield, he probably wouldn't be in a f- position to <laughs> take that shot, would he? <laughs> Shakiri Mark, too, with it all over again. He's showing up his other teammates, isn't he? What a git! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's hope that um, you know we don't do. It. Well, we'll come on to Cardiff in a minute, but let's just let's um, just hope we turn a corner. But 
So gone. One interesting thing on that, sorry. There was two well, two interesting things regarding the subs. Um the only two substitutes who weren't used was Bursic and Fielding. So the only two everyone else sort of changed around, but the goalkeeper played the full ninety when he had two options on the bench. And every other sub got on, every outfield sub got on. Um striker wise he changed it around at half time, which makes you to lead to believe that he still at this point hasn't maybe got a settled strike force and he's still they're all still much of a muchness in his eyes, would you say? I think so, mate. I mean you mentioned fielding. Has the guy even kicked a ball for us yet? He has no need to, thankfully. Well, I was gonna say he... I understand what he's there for. He's there to be a number three or whatever it is. I mean, we're going to get to January, mate. He's going to be have his contract terminated. We're going to get another goalkeeper in. So he's going to be a player that's never even... Well, technically, he's pulled on a, on a shirt because he, he did it when he uh, probably signed his contract. But other than that, mate, the guy's probably barely even played for us. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by the goalkeeping situation. you got a spot on with the, the attacking side. Um, clearly, we still don't know what combination to use. Um Again, we won't get into the whole the lap, good, bad, you know, Gale, etc. We've done that a few times before, but um, this just feels like I know it's kind of second part of the season. Um, I think you mentioned earlier what we're six points or so away from that, that kind of playoff places. It's not not the end of the world. We can pull it back. I just hope we bloody well do it because if if not just for the fans, if we don't quite make it, we we just need the fans to have something to shout about for the second half. It's been too much doom and gloom. Um, but anyway, uh, Dan, let's move on. Uh, so, women's and the youth catch-up, mate. I mean, I'll be honest with you, there's been a hell of a lot going on. So, good luck trying to get this into less than 15, 20 minutes worth of updates. Right. Are you ready? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh, dear. Ben, take a breath. So, the under-18s, whilst we've been gone, they lost 3-1 at home to Manchester City, but then they did move up to third in the league after a 2-1 win over Nottingham Forest. So, the first team aren't the only ones beating Forest 2-1. Ogdebal and Watson turned the game around as well, because Forest took the lead in that as well. So, it's all catching on. (laughs) Um, The next game for the under-18s is Saturday the 17th of December, when we play Blackpool in the FA Youth Cup, three o'clock kickoff at the Bet365 Stadium. So anyone who wants to get down there, you know, next Saturday, we do have a home game at three o'clock on the Saturday. Anyone who's um, not going to Bristol City, go down and cheer the under-18s on. Now, the under-21s, they've been a bit more busy. <laughs> they've been a bit busier. So, since the last podcast, they beat Hertha Berlin in the Premier League International Cup 2-0 with a couple of goals from Emre Tezgel and McGuinness. Uh, they drew 1-1 away at Arsenal in the Premier League Cup, Tezgel getting on the net, on the score sheet again. Uh, that was before he then jetted off over to Dubai on that lad's bloody day out they went on. Uh, so in his absence, they then drew 1-0 away at Wrexham in the Central League Cup. McGuinness got a goal there. They lost 3-1 away at Burnley. Ben Kershaw got a late consolation uh, before beating Swansea 4-0 away with Nathan Lowe, uh, another 17-year-old local striker coming through. He netted all four goals away at Swansea. Yeah, Just the four? Um, Just the four. Uh, Both of them games were in the Premier League Cup um, before we exited the Central League Cup early this week with a 3-1 home defeat to Wigan. Uh, we have two home games 
this coming week we play Swansea at St George's Park in the um, the last I think group game in the Premier League Cup, and then we have a nice game next Wednesday, home seven pm in the Premier League International Cup. We're at home, Bet Three Six Five Stadium, to Paris Saint Germain. Anyone fancy going down? Watch that. <laughs> is Mbappe playing, or is he resting from the World Cup? Um, I, I think he's just a bit too old, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> what? Even now? Blimey. And uh, those nine World Cup goals he's, he's netted in his career so far. I bet he. Yeah, but can he do it on a Wednesday night? Mate, you took the words out of my mouth. To play one or two older players, aren't they? We've played Charlie Adam in the Youth Cup before. <laughs> That's what I say. He's like, can he do it on a wet Wednesday night in Stoke? Well, we've got Nathan Lowe, so, it, it, you know... He can do it if, on a... If, the, if they have Mbappe and we have Lowe, it's basically the same, right? Yeah, and Ray's back, so we can put Tezgal back up front. We've got two of them, then. By the way, right, while we're talking about Nathan Lowe, a pint in Ricardo's for anyone who can come up with uh, lyrics to... Uh, a Nathan Lowe song to the Flow Rider, low, 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 low song. <laughs> so, and I'll and I'll constitute as to what is good. So send that to the app for this podcast, and if it's good, I'll get your pint. There we there go. There you go, people. There you go. That, there's your. They're not for not to be sniffed out there. If the, I tell you what, Only one though for the best. I'm, <laughs> I'm not made of money. If some fans can create a stupid song for Jack Grealish, we can do one for Nathan Lowe. Come on. <laughs> Um, by the way, he has ten goals in thirteen games this season for the under twenty ones, and that. So, is, is he another striker though, mate? Who's he's he's got to be on the cusp, hasn't he? Every... I think he's seventeen. Though, he's still very young, and he's not. There are. I know people say, "Oh, you're good enough, you're old enough, and all that." It's. It, I think it all depends on your physical sort of status, doesn't it? At seventeen, it's you still. There's, there's the larger framed and and. and but you know, man, you know, man in at a boy's age kind of thing at seventeen, and then there's seventeen who are very skillful footballers and can show people up at their age or a couple of years older than them, but then are physically quite ready to play against adults. If do you know what I mean? Really mean, yeah. Okay, well, so one to keep an eye. I'll be honest. Unfortunately, I, I've never seen Nathan Lowe play, so I cannot judge on. Those those attributes of his, of whether he is or not. I was going to say you could have you could have faked that one, mate, because you sounded like you knew exactly what you were on about. Yeah, I say I I don't know. I'm just saying I don't I don't know. He could be six foot. He could be six foot four, an absolute powerhouse, and ready for the first team. Or he could be a bit slender and easily knocked around and not quite there yet, but with a lot of potential. I, I can't say. Fair Sorry. Enough. Fair enough. No, fine. <laughs> that's fine. You can carry on. Don't worry. <laughs> um, Stoke Women, they have advanced to the third round of the FA Cup whilst we've been gone. So in the first round, they beat Derby on penalties. Um, so Ali Hall had scored in a 1-1 draw in normal time, played through extra time, went to penalties and won 3-2 on spot kicks. And then they went and won 3-1 away in the second round at Loughborough. So a goal from Cavell, Richardson and Hall. So they are now in the third round and are away at Leeds this coming Sunday. So that match is going to be played at the I2I Stadium, which is home of Tadcaster United up in Yorkshire. Um, 
other games for the Potters whilst we've been gone. They've sort of they've dropped out of the League Cup um, in an extra time defeat to Forest last week. So Cavell and Woodbin had uh, scored the goals as we drew 2-2 after 90 minutes. And then Forrest sort of stepped up in extra time and, and uh, went away with a 4-2 win. Uh, but I believe they are quite well backed, Forrest. They're um, one of the big one of the big teams. They're in Stokes League, but uh, one of the favourites for promotion kind of thing. So um, not a, by far, you know, not a disgrace or anything like that to go out there. Um, and the Staff Senior Cup, which has been um, owned by Stoke for quite a few years at this point. Uh, we beat Leak Reserves 10-0 in the first round. Uh, so there was a hat-trick for Dell. There was two for Abby Hunt. And there was goals for Richardson, Woodbine, Jones, Chan and Barber. And in the next round, they play Leak's first team away at Harrison Park in, the, in a couple of weeks' time. Nice. So the overall, mate, between the you know the three different kind of levels there, I mean, it's not been a bad few weeks, really. No, some um, some promising performances all around, I think, there, aren't there? No arguments here, mate. All good. Lovely. Okay, great. Well, um, we've obviously done a lot of news there. There's been a lot to catch up on. Uh, but let's look ahead now to uh, Cardiff at home this Saturday. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, Tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So, Dan, I'm sure we're all sitting here now hoping we don't repeat, obviously, the, you know, the capitulation <laughs> we saw uh, last time out. Obviously, we, everyone knows we threw uh, away a 3-0 lead and probably should have lost the game, actually, in the end. But... Um, what exactly are the head-to-head stats saying on, on this front? Um, well, 51 games between Stoke and Cardiff. Stoke wins 21, 18 Cardiff wins and 12 draws. So just edging it. At home, it's not particularly great reading, to be honest. 12 wins, 7 draws, 7 defeats. We're not, it's not, not terrible, but I've seen better home records. Um <laughs> Against a side who, you know, would be sort of like, you'd expect it to be having a decent record against. You know, it's not as if it's like a elite side kind of thing. Um, one win in the last eight games versus Cardiff, though, which was in February 2020, which was a 2-0 home win. Um, and that run goes back, into, goes back to the, an FA Cup win in 2011, when two Johnny Walters goals in extra time gives a 2-0 win at the Cardiff City Stadium. Um, before that, obviously, we beat them in 2008 on our way to promotion, we beat them 2-1. So there's a Roger Johnson own goal, a Ricardo Fuller penalty, and can you hazard a guess who got the consolation for Cardiff? Uh, mm. 
No, go on. I bet Ben. I don't suppose you know, do you? No, I, I. To be honest, man. <laughs> the way Dan's put it, it's not thorny, is it? It's Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Bloody oh, hell! <laughs> no, it's just I was just I was like, ah, that's worth mentioning. <laughs> um, so yes, in the first half of games this season, Stoke have won five and lost nine, and there's been twenty two goals in their twenty one games in the first half. Cardiff though likes to keep it a lot tighter. There's only been the fifteen goals in the first half, and twelve of their twenty one games have been draws at half time. So we may have to be a bit patient with this one, if if that's anything to go by. Um, as for shots on target, Stoke average 4.29 shots on target per game, uh, whereas Cardiff average only 2.3. So that bodes well. Um, just a few sort of stats all throughout there as well. Most minutes this season for Stoke is Lewis Baker, 1,942 minutes played. Ben Wilmot in second in 1,859. And in third place, maybe a surprise to people, Morgan Fox with 1,463. Yeah, the latter uh, definitely a surprise, I think, mate. <laughs> uh, Lewis Baker has scored in his solitary appearance versus Cardiff when he gave us the lead last season before they came back to win 2-1. Uh, whilst Jacob Brown has played Cardiff five times in his career and is yet to win. Uh, the home table has us in a lowly 22nd position with 11 points from 10 games, whilst Cardiff's away form has them actually in 20th this season with just 10 points from 10 away games. And just to round it off, the top scorer on the pitch on Saturday for this season will be Lewis Baker, who has netted five times. And the second the second top scorer will be Ben Wilmot, last three, <laughs> along with Callum Robinson and Harris for Cardiff, who also have three this season. Have any of our strikers actually scored this year, mate? Yeah, and they haven't scored many, have they? No. <laughs> but it doesn't look like Cardiff can score goals either, yet. So so it's got nil-nil all over this then, hasn't it? <laughs> no, it's got a nice... No, no, we've been... We, you're forgetting, mate. We've been to Dubai. This is a new team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. New team, mate. That's fine. Let's go with a new attitude, shall we? And that's um, like... so Would you like something on the ref before we go, carry on, or do you want to um, wait for that? No, go for it, mate. You, you Go for the ref now. That's fine. Very briefly, Andy Woolmer is the ref. Um, Andy Woolmer. Never heard of him. So eight, eight times he's ref Stoke. We have three wins, four draws, and just a one defeat. Um, nine yellows, no reds, never gives a penalty. He's ref Cardiff 12 times. They've won seven, drew two, lost three. Uh, he's given them two penalties in that 12 game, bipped them 13, given 13 yellows out, and no reds. So... It's about one one each, sort of one yellow a game each. No reds. He's a guy who lets the game flow by the looks of it. I don't think he gives too many fouls either. Um, both teams have got decent records with him. Last Stoke game he did was the 1-0 home win against QPR in April. Last Cardiff game was a 0-0 draw at home to Preston in August. Okay, so he's going to be pretty uneventful on the referee front, which is, isn't a bad thing. Um, yes. Yeah. The less we know of them, the better. Okay. Um. And obviously, Ben, kind of looking ahead now, mate. Obviously, you know, we, we've, we've of course we've come back from the international break. We talk about a new beginning, and I know we joke about it, but realistically, for us to save this season, we need to sort this home form out, don't we? Because it's been pretty disastrous now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what happened to Fortress Britannia? You know, 
no team scared of playing us at home anymore, are they? No. Um, we're a light touch. Uh, you know, we, we we can't hold on to a lead. Um, we can't recover if if we're a goal down. Um, we we make too many mistakes. We miss too many open goals. And I I I fully accept and appreciate that the fans don't help, and they haven't helped for the last five years. Um, I don't think they are to blame. I like there there is an element of responsibility with them. You know they should be supporting their team no matter what. Um, but I don't think that they can be blamed for not doing that because you you know you pay your money you 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 cheer for what you get at the end of the day. You know fans are only. Uh, responsive to whatever's out on the pitch it, it's not really the other way around it, it can of course work the other way around the players will respond to us but you know what you can't really get 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 the fans going from the off unless it's a huge game it just doesn't happen so the players need to give us something first um as as i think i said to you guys before i like the break's been good for me um, in terms of giving me a bit of a cleanse, you know, hopefully fans enter the ground more neutral, less angry, less pessimistic, I guess. You know, there is a sense of, oh, here we go again if we concede um, and we sort of give up um, to a sense, which, which uh, as I said, is justifiable, really. Um, it, we need a clean slate. I think Harry Suter will help immensely. You know, for for a multitude of reasons, you know, um, winning headers for one, which which we don't do. <laughs> um, you know, ball recoveries. You know, some of these last these last ditch tackles we've seen from him have been immense. Um, you know, distributing balls out to the wings. You know, you, you think of how our system is, particularly with wing backs. If we play them, you know, we need long diagonals, and Suter's possibly the the best I've seen play for us who can do that. Um, so, plenty of positives. Hopefully, you know, Dwight Gale and Liam Delap score more than one goal between them <laughs> in the next few months. Um, c- c- that that's surely a record that can't continue. Um, I don't want to say I'm optimistic heading t- into this, but we have to treat this as as a new start. This is this is the start of a new season for us, albeit a half season. Um, and you know, if you think about it, it it's as good a break as we've had for the last few years you know mentally it's been good because you know you think since since covid first hit and, and you know we were you know there was no football for a couple of months it's been pretty full on you know the players have had turnarounds you know we've had european championships and you know uh, end of season breaks have been four or five weeks instead of the usual longer period so you know it's been a bit relentless really um, a lot of chopping and changing. Hopefully, the players have got to know each other a bit more. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I've I've got a season ticket. I want to see more than one home win. I think I've seen two home wins this season. One of those Luton, um, w- w- which is madness. So, yeah, I'd, I'd 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 like to see some return on my investment, please, Stoke. <laughs> if that's all right with you. Yeah, it's not much to ask, is it? Um, no, I mean, I, I know what you're saying about that. I think fans have been very quiet for a long time. I mean, I will definitely give fans credit. If, if recent, actually, I mean, I think it's been a lot better. It's been a lot better support in the last few games prior to the break. Um, but you're spot on, mate. You know, the players need to need to give us some back. And the best way we can possibly do now is let's start the game against Cardiff. Let's try and get a goal in the first 10, 15 minutes. Get fans excited. Play some decent football. 
and let's start as we want to carry on. I think that's that's so important. I think if it's a, a drab match and we go to half-time at nil-nil, it'll be very, very quiet very, very quickly. So, yeah, fingers crossed, mate, that you get your money's worth, absolutely. Um, and speaking of predictions, uh, a, I'm very happy to say welcome back to Mr. Graham McGarry. Uh, so it's good to hear your, your bright, positive tones as always, I'm sure. So uh, let's have a quick listen to see what Graham predicts for this Saturday. Hello there, you Potter's predictors. Welcome back to EFL Championship Football this weekend. I hope you're all still enjoying the World Cup, though, and getting ready for that big game later on Saturday evening when England hope to move into the semi-finals. But before that, football returns to the Bet365 Stadium and, of course, the proud Potters are at home to the Bluebirds of South Wales in Cardiff City. Both sides, particularly, you could say, are underachieving this season. So this is make-or-break time for Stoke to get their season up and running and put together a string of good results that will close that six-point gap on the sides that are currently occupying the playoff places. The same can be said, though, for the visitors. Cardiff City, their season is not up and running either, and they're the lowest scorers in the championship table. And Stoke will hopefully be able to penetrate their defence and get some goals on the board. But of course, it's all about getting three points and getting back to winning ways for Alex Neal's side. Cardiff won their last game before the World Cup break. Stoke didn't, of course. But today, as they get ready for this particular game, my feelings are that Alex Neal would have worked some magic on the training ground and Stoke are going to get those three points and set up a great weekend of football for you proud Potters supporters. Stoke to win it. Close, 1-0. Graham, thank you very much indeed, mate. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think basically, yeah, you you never predict Stoke to lose, to be honest with you. And uh, I think uh, everyone would agree that if your predictions did come true, then we would already have won the league by now. So uh, let's hope you can do better with your predictions uh, second half of the season. And I say that like you've been rubbish. I mean, I can't say me and Dan have been any better, to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Guys, in terms of you know further predictions, I mean, Dan, start with you, mate. In terms of your score prediction and team, it's very difficult to pick a team right now. But I'm going to put you on the spot. What, if any, major changes are you going to be making versus Cardiff? Well, bearing in mind that when I yeah, the only teams I can think of have been the England ones lately, <laughs> and I can't not remember for the life of me who played in our last game. I can barely. Until we took the we played West Brom. Who was Stoke? Where really that last game? And I was like, oh yeah, that's it. We lost two 0 to West Brom. That's why we didn't review that game because it was awful. <laughs> um, so Bonham, I think, is going to be in goal. I think he. When he dropped Percy at full bottom, Alex Neal's uh, he doesn't strike me as a manager who is just going to just flip flop between his keepers a bit, like Michael O'Neill sort of ended up doing, um, where he was like, you know, he was in three three matches later, the other keeper was in, two games later he changed it back. I, I think, yeah, I think Bonham now is going to get a run of games. I think the fact he played the ninety in a friendly, it, that might have been Alex Neal making a point as well. Um, that, Sort of he's been number one could quite easily have brought him off at half time give Joe Bursic 45 but no he's played 90 minutes because he's the one with the shirt now um, defence I'm going to go Clark at right back time and at left back and Suter and Wilmot as the centre backs 
Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Baker and Thompson in the midfield. Got Campbell on the right, Fossu on the left. I've got Gale up front, and then between the mid, so sort of the number ten or sort of a centre midfielder who's been asked to push on. I've got Nick Powell, but does anybody, does anybody here know if he's fit? <laughs> <laughs> it's Nick Powell, mate. So he's probably you saw you've probably got one leg missing or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd give my opinion I'm, on Nick Powell. If he's fit, he probably has to play. But I, I mean, don't know. we've had a month. We've, we've, we did he did we take him to Dubai? Did we did we put some like uh, fragile stickers on him? <laughs> um, <laughs> please look after him. He's he's, he's very fragile. <laughs> um, but yeah, if he's because he went off against West Brom, didn't he? But as is with Stoke and Alex Neal, and we love him for it in the in getting in other teams' minds, it makes it a nightmare for us <laughs> trying to do this. If he's fit, he plays. If he's not, then Will Smallbone plays in that role for me. Um, I'd say my team is almost identical to that, to be quite honest with you, mate. I think, yeah, Thompson, uh, one person who doesn't get much of a mention, but, uh, yeah, for me, mate, he can... He's a, he's a good midfielder. He really is. It's just unfortunate for him that he's been getting little niggling injuries um, because we just seem a bit more solid, especially for that person just in front of the defence. Um, I think I think for me, he allows Baker and then the, you know the Powells of this world to to do a bit more movement. Um, I wouldn't actually see be surprised if uh, obviously Laurent came came back in um, potentially. I mean. Again, he wasn't rest... involved against Forest, was he? That's that's the only reason I left him yeah, out. Like, he, I, I know what you're saying. Injured. That's uh, yeah. That's, that's if he's fit, I think he'd bring him back in over Will Smallbone. But um, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything else you've said. Uh, ben, any big changes to what we both just mentioned? I'm not going to lie. I've had to look up the Stoke squad because I've <laughs> forgotten basically everybody. Mate, everyone has, um, don't we? In interesting looking through as a side point. Um, everyone in this squad is from Great Britain or Ireland um, the only ones that aren't declared as such is Tarek Fosu who is declared for Ghana but he's from Wandsworth and you've got Harry Suter who's obviously been playing for Australia but he's from Scotland so yeah that was interesting fully Brexit squad um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Barnum I suppose because I imagine we're looking for a new goalkeeper in January and Barnum's just a stopgap because I feel sorry for Bursic, but what do you do? Um, <laughs> uh, I imagine we'll go for a four at the back. Um, let's say probably Sterling, Suter, Wilmot, and Tymon. Um, I'd like to see Laurent back, but I imagine he'll be injured. So let's go for something like Thompson, Baker, and Powell in midfield. Smallbone, I, I like him in a sense in the fact that he is everywhere so <laughs> my missus came to uh, a game a while back and, and and she goes I like the ball bloke because he runs all the time <laughs> um, un- unfortunately I-, I think for us that's all he's done really uh, like you know maybe a bit of a Joe Allen-y John Walters-y trait yeah. you know possibly one we underappreciate but you know when you're picking a starting 11 we want someone that's going to make a difference in the midfield and He's not done that for me. Um, and then up, up front's the real enigma, isn't it? Um, for me, I'd probably go Campbell on the right, Fossil on the left, and Brown up front. But honestly, 
put the names in a hat and see who comes out because god knows <laughs> what we're going to go with up front um I, yeah I, it, I don't know what to think of the Stoke team anymore I don't know whether to be optimistic pessimistic uh, who knows we haven't got a clue who's who's the right combination I mean we haven't got a clue I'd probably argue that he hasn't got a clue either score predictions boys what 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 are we going for again it's pretty much sticky finger in the air type time I think Stoke haven't played for what's it now got to be three weeks month something like that you know so a longer way to return you know think of all the goals we haven't scored um, <laughs> you know in the first half of the season you'd you'd hope that we've been saving them all up um, and and that there'd be a flurry at the weekend so I'm gonna predict that it's gonna be a well-deserved hearty nil-nil draw oh okay <laughs> Thanks for that. Because it's Stoke against Cardiff, so yeah, no. <laughs> we're both crap. <laughs> yeah, no, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'm going to be a bit, bit more um, optimistic, actually, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 Stoke win. Now, I would point out that it's my 34th birthday on Saturday, so Stoke are not allowed to lose. Uh, we've got to win. Um, we've also got the Supporters' Council meeting, so I'm actually sitting here now with images of John Coates uh, singing happy birthday to me while wearing his party hat as I walk in the door. Um, so John, I'm glad you said party hat. <laughs> if you're not wearing that, then I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Um, You'd be lucky to get a candle in your oat cake. I know. Very nice oat cakes though, aren't they? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll give them that. Yeah. Um, and I expect a private box for the day, just just so you know. So if you want to know what to get me, John, there you go. Um, but yeah, 2-1 two, two, Stoke win. I'm going to be positive. Uh, Dan, what's your predictions, mate? Not not a box, I'm guessing, but... Um, I don't know why, but I think it's time to right the wrongs of Cardiff at home last year, and I think they're going to win out 3-0 winners. Just something that tells me... We, we, whether it's another false dawn or not, I don't know, but I've just got a feeling that we are going to hit the ground running in this game. Um... Yeah, I think, dare I say, Gale is going to get his first goal. Um, I think Gale, Campbell and Tymon are going to be scoring for me. Bloody hell, mate. That is positive thinking. Jesus, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, fine. Well, mate, they're very poor. They're a very poor team. <laughs> they don't offer so anything. We. <laughs> no, we, we... Yeah, but what, the thing with us is... How many times this season have we had a lot of chances and just not be able to convert them? Like, do you know what I mean? We, 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 I don't think we've... I, I, don't get me wrong, at times we have played very badly. But in a lot of games, we have, we've just not got the results that we maybe the chances created have deserved. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I'm I think, being a little bit facetious and harsh, maybe. like the table is very tight isn't it you know as much as we're six points off playoffs i think we're three points off relegation so it, it it's a really tight league yeah you know, and one one win would have sent us to basically top half now and we might have been looking at the international break a little bit differently but it i think we all know it's not been good enough has it no. despite you know something's just not right about it you know we we perhaps not got the rigidness that neil perhaps thought we'd have at this point I um, I wonder whether sorry to cut you off there, Ben. I, yeah. I wonder whether the because obviously the cost cutting's been so harsh and you've sort of been picking up 
frees and loans and whatever. And there's a lot of a lot of players coming into the side that other players were ha- other teams were happy to let go. And also, there's a lot of young players. We brought through a lot of our young players. We brought in other teams' young players. And I wonder if in games there's been a lot of naivety. And that's where we fell short. Ability-wise, we can match up with teams, but game game awareness and like game management, we've just not been clever enough. Well, I mean, FFP should be um, sorting itself out next season, if I remember rightly. Just uh, in, in time for change the rules. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in theory, if it doesn't impact us too much, then, I mean, we talked about the Billy Harry Suter money. Don't go wrong, guys. 25 million quid could go a long way. And I know we don't want to lose Harry, but um, that is potentially two, three, four really good, really, really good championship players. That's so, at least two side of Arahinas. Well, <laughs> Well, that's the thing is the manager must be. I mean, what little hair he's got left, he must be tearing out thinking, I don't know what I prefer here. I've got this, I've got this amazing player, probably the best defender, if not the best player in the in the league, coming back. And I, he is going to benefit my side. He could make a massive difference. But I haven't had him so far, so I, I'm not losing anything by him getting being sold from the team that I've had. But what I could gain is I could gain the funds to build, bring half a team of my own in. Yeah, he must be thinking it's either a win-win situation really for him, as long as he gets those funds, of course. Well, I think, mate, it, surely. I mean, again, if we've got no real major constraints, I mean, there's still constraints. But if you know the, the you know the purse strings are going to be loosened anyway, then we've got his money on top. Uh, I know we're probably in a season where if, I think the owners and maybe, you know, Alex Neal were probably honest with themselves. I think they just said, let's just get through this season and, and start again next year. Because, again, people slate Alex Neal. He's only been here for like three months. But some some people slate him saying he's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. What, how many of these players are actually his own? Is it one of them? The rest of them is inherited. So, I mean, fans are so impatient at times. But, you know, next season, hopefully, he's going to have even you know 20 million quid give any manager in this division any decent manager in this division 20 million quid and he should do a decent enough job to get Pop you out of the, the league right wow <laughs> every, yeah. every club he's every club he's been to the supporters have all have all been disappointed when he left have and said that he got them organized he knows how to attack he's tactically fluid and he left them in a much better state than when he joined and you can't ask much more from managers especially at this level no, no, definitely not, mate. Well, you know, let's let's obviously see where where, where it goes. Um, I mean, just a very quick one. I think Cardiff typically play a, I think it's more like a, a four-two-three-one uh, type formation. So, um, a formation we've come up against, I think, a few times this season. So, hopefully, that won't cause us any problems. Um, and one thing I wanted to bring up, which isn't necessarily Cardiff related, but I think we we want to make sure we bring some more awareness to it. So, for anyone who's been following the Facebook group, Twitter group, and um, just generally social media, so uh, we've got something called the Red and White Christmas appeal. Red and, Red and White Christmas, basically, it's um, yeah, it currently stands that the target was around five grand we wanted to try and do, and that's obviously supporting three major charities, which. Um, Again, you'll be able to see. We're going to post some links on Facebook and the Twitter groups over the next few weeks. Uh, but we currently stand at £2,220 towards the 5000 uh, A lot of different Stoke podcasts and pages and groups are involved in that. 
So obviously, thank you to everybody who's contributed. I mean, this time of year, especially with the way the world is. So thank you to everyone. If you have got spare money you want to, to donate, then absolutely look out for those links and you'll be able to do that. Uh, one thing that, Dan, you've been working your magic at, at work, mate, and you don't have to give the, the number because I know it's an ongoing figure, but from what you were telling me pre-recording, uh, you've got a hefty little amount potentially coming the way of the pod. Uh, not the pod. Are, you, are we going to inherit it? Come on, Dan. Let's, let's roll out a Christmas special. Come on. Uh, no, so you've well, actually maybe got... Maybe we are going to Dubai after all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, we've, we've, give, we've given the secret away. So, yeah, all, all the money we're actually raising, we're actually going to siphon it off and go to Dubai. We're not really. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, you've actually, it's up to you. I'm not going to put you on the spot. You don't have to mention the, the money you've gained so far, but you, you're doing pretty well, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say um, what the amount of the figure is, but it's, it's very hefty and it's only going to go one way um, the next few weeks, which is good. Um, I have tasked myself with uh, being in the head for the for my area at work of, of the charity money being raised which means i get to go and prod people and say come on what are you doing this week what are you doing come on let's raise more money come on <laughs> um which is good uh, but yes it's, uh, it's it's looking very very nice very healthy um it's all for some really cracking causes as well and and obviously you know lo- local charities are going to benefit from this and the local people you know that your fellow stoke-on-trent citizens are the ones who are going to be the ones um benefiting from this in some much much needed um charities as well yeah absolutely so yeah again thank you to everyone thank you again anyone who wants to contribute you can do and, and thanks again in advance uh we've got a few more weeks I'm, I'm pretty sure we can we can get very close to that target um so dan um i'm not gonna do a i'm not gonna do a major super six um updates because i mean a lot of it's been international break and, I, and no doubt you of all people have not been doing your super six i take it you're telling me that it's because it's carried on while the world cup's been on <laughs> yes i'm glad i did mention it now that means i can win oh, you're going to vale goodness. park mate so it's been oh, carried on for the internationals <laughs> oh, <for goodness sake. laughs> unlucky unlucky mate well I, i've uh, i'm now at 181 points uh you're you're probably like bottom um, but still, yeah, so I'm sitting in 65th place out of 106, so not great, but not shocking. Uh, Luke Jones is uh, cemented at 260 points, top of the league. Matthew Robinson has been up there all season. He's got 257, followed by, uh, by Luke Higgins. Um, ben, I, I don't think you're in this, are you, Super 6? No, it's the gaffer where I've come into my own, I think. Gaffer, yeah, I think you were doing all right in gaffer. Um mm-hmm. So that's going to kick back off uh, as well, obviously. I missed four weeks, Super 6, I'm looking now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what position are you in, Dan? Uh, well, I don't, uh, give me ten minutes, let me scroll down and find myself. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm trying, I'm trying to find it right now, I'm sure. Well, that's not G- good, it says, it says 99 plus. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, okay, so you're about 90th then. Uh, and James O'Connor, I don't think it's the James O'Connor, I've just noticed, but... Uh, he's in 87th place. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're in 84th, Dan. There you go. Dan Buxton, 100, uh, 138 points. Oh, so um, you're definitely going to Vale Park. Congratulations, mate. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we've actually this has been a bit of a long pod. We've gone on a few tangents, but boys, you know, it's been a long time since we've done this. Now we're sitting at an hour and 25 minutes, roughly. Do we have enough time for a quick quiz, Dan, or we, do you want to leave? We it? do, because 
we've obviously got we've got pundits here now obviously if anyone wants this game if you're looking for something so you got a football mad per, um relative or if you know someone's you want a football game to, to for christmas we have got a bit of a money off code so head of twitter we get some money off this it's a cracking game especially if you've got people around uh, and i've got some questions here so there are quite a few different categories international players champions league the england national team the world cup England football in the tens, England football in the noughties, football league, or England football in the nineties. Uh, which one do you want? Go on, Ben. You choose, mate. Oh, I'm 27, so it's going to have to be football in the tens, right? Football in the tens. So I. That's look. Well done, Ben. That's one of the ones I've opened up already. <laughs> <laughs> that saved a bit of an awkward rustling and filling. <laughs> Um, so let me shuffle these cards up. It's funny we did this on the England pod the other week, and um, we had the England national team, and the first four I pulled out. They were all players who played for Stoke. I'm like, I haven't done this on purpose. <laughs> I really, <laughs> they were like, my, it was like Mike Lowen, Gordon Banks, Stanley Matthews. I'm like, I'm like, who's next? Matthew Upson. <laughs> right, so. This no-nonsense Argentine fullback replaced Michael Richards as Manchester City's first-choice right-back, played a vital role in their title-winning seasons in 2011-12 and 2013-14. Are we are we competing here, or can we just shout out? Shout out, uh, just yeah. shout out. Zabaleta. It is in fact yes, Zabaleta. So, a lively Spanish striker who won over the Tsunami before Leicester paid some thirty million pounds to secure his signature. He scored oh, yeah. his first goal for Leicester in the famous <laughs> 9 0 win over Southampton. Uh Perez? Ayose Perez. Mr West Ham. This midfielder is as low as they come, donned the captain's armband in East London Noble. for years. Uh we scored twenty seven of his thirty penalties. Noble. Gotta be noble, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, this big Englishman played the full 90 for Man City as they reached their first final in 30 years, defeating local rivals Man United in 2011. From humble beginnings, this defender signed for City from Everton in 2009. Oh. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's who I'm thinking of. It's not John Stones, is it? Can't be. That's 2009. Uh, Englishman, centre back. Oh, uh, Lascott. Yes, Gillian Lescott. Nice. Four out of four. Liverpool spent huge money on this Geordie Giants to replace Fernando Torres, but he never managed to justify the price tag. Carroll. Andy Carroll, yes. Uh, a one-season wonder at Swansea, but what a season. This suave Spaniard netting 18 goals as the Swans finished ninth in the Premier League and won the League Cup. Oh, God, I can picture Meet you. Meet you, yes. Um, this Ecuadorian winger turned fullback made the PFA team of the year in his first full season at Old Trafford. Antonio Valencia? Yeah. <laughs> um, this Scott loved playing with Nikita Jelovic, forming a potent partnership with the Croat with both Everton and Rangers. Oh. oh. I can see it in the head. <laughs> I'm going to clue, mate. You're on your own on this one. Scottish striker, I think I'm out. Stephen Naismith. 
Oh, blimey, that's a blast. <laughs> <laughs> so, seven out of eight, last two. This Dutchman is an absolute Rolls Royce of a defender, playing every minute in Liverpool's historic 2020 title winning campaign. Virgil. Virgil yeah. Um, Kyle Walker's arrival at Spurs saw this Scottish right back demoted to the bench. When he left Whitehot Lane, the fiery fullback launched a scathing attack on Harry Redknapp, saying he'd treated him like an outcast. Scottish right back. He used to play for Spurs. Uh, oh, Alan Hutton? Yes, Alan Hutton. Oh. Yeah, nine out of ten. Well done. What What is your first thoughts on the game of Pundit, Ben? Do I have questions? Oh, that was, that, they, they were hard enough that I had to like sift through my brain, but like easy enough that I could actually get them and I've not had to pull them from my backside instead. So, yeah. That, that, <laughs> well, that, at least you didn't good. do what other people have done, mates, and use computers. <laughs> oh, Google. no, surely not. Oh, mm. mate, there has been people in the past. There's been, there's, we, we've heard key, keyboards typing. <laughs> <laughs> not so, even. Oh, I don't... I don't know what it is. Tip tap, tip tap, tip. Oh, my God. oh, it's such. No, oh, no, it's not him. Uh, yeah, mate, we've heard it all. I'm, I'm not embarrassed that I don't. That I can't remember Stephen Naismith. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think the so game's cracking little game. It comes with um, a dice shaped like a football. <laughs> this is good. Like all the sides to it, um, and there's like a little pitch, and you work your way up the pitch, de- depending on answering your questions. And then if you get your striker gets the um, if you get the once the striker gets the ball, you get that question right, you score a goal. Uh, and it, it's also got a time limit on you play for four to five minutes, which is nice. Ah. Even if you don't want to bloody play the actual game, you could just use the questions to to be honest, couldn't you? Like yeah, you yeah, exactly. It's um, so yeah, it's like I say, well, it'd be if I if somebody brought me this for Christmas, I'd be well overjoyed. Put it that way. If I had friends, I'd be overjoyed as well. <laughs> Um, you have, have to put the links to something out there down there, so if anyone does want to take a look mate then well, they can have a look we were looking at something to do for Christmas weren't we, what I also like just picked it up here, the manual is called the laws of the game I like that, oh, nice okay. little touch <laughs> um, we're thinking to do something for Christmas aren't we Mike, uh, and if we do end up in a venue of some sort I may bring this along why not, yeah but we'll uh but we're trying to sort that out. It's just tricky. Um, all right, lovely. Well, Dan, thanks for that. I agree. I think that's quite fun. It also means you don't have to do any prep work for your quizzes, so you've got a basically got away with one there, haven't you? Um, so, anyway, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been good to be back, Ben. Always good to speak to you, mate. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm mean, trying to think now. Our our next next game's coming up. Like I say, I've completely lost track of the whole bloody fixture list. Uh, we haven't got a midweek match. I think it is just Saturday the 17th against Bristol. So, um, as always, we'll be back on uh, on Friday. Um, if anyone has missed uh, the pod that we did release um, on Thursday, uh, then uh, we've re- kind, of re- kind of re-released, wasn't it, Dan, of uh, Kieran Maguire, the, the FFP, because obviously that's coming back up. And um, So if anyone wants to go back or hasn't actually listened to it, uh, you'll find that on the on the website or your normal podcast feeds. Well um, worth listen first time, and if you've already heard it, I'm sure you'll probably agree that it's worth listening to again if you've got an hour to fill of some sort. 
I listened to it again this morning, mate. I, I, lo- I love that pod. It's one of the, my, one of my favourites. Um, obviously, we've done Tyrese and stuff as well. But, yeah, that's that's probably one of my favourites. Um, so, everyone, I love you and leave you. Uh, ben, thanks for joining us, mate. You're always welcome back. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll see everyone next week. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.